0: Hello, everyone. This is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, the numbers speak for themselves. We're, uh, we had our best month ever in October, and we're looking to d- double, triple that this month even. Uh, try and just continue to reach more people and get more people interested in the show, the community we're trying to build. Um, just uh, I'm not going to try and intervene throughout the episode saying this, but make sure you do follow our social media accounts as well as our YouTube channel, at Tea Time Reports. T-E-E, Time Reports. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, We have tons of stuff on the way, tons of stuff in the works, and it's just going to get more and more exciting for any fan out there, any listener that's listening in for the first time, or if you've been here since day one, it is greatly appreciated. More than you know. We put in a lot of work to this podcast, and it shows wonders to see those numbers go up, to show that, you know, hey, we're putting in the hard work, and it's paying off. That's really what... uh Sorry, I had to adjust my fan level there. I didn't want it to get too uh, loud during the episode. But, um, yeah, no, it, it's just been phenomenal. It's been a great experience. Uh, made some friends along the way, just networking and just spreading the word about the pod. And, you know, it's really awesome that we can talk about and discuss what we love and things that are controversial and entertaining. And uh, just overall, this doesn't feel like a job. It doesn't feel like a chore. It's... That doesn't even feel like a hobby. It feels like something that I was supposed to do, you know. And I enjoy that very much about it. But this episode, we have a lot to discuss regarding the Detroit Lions. And I'm going to go ahead and call this like their midseason mark, if you will. <clears throat> going into week nine of the NFL 2023 season, the Detroit Lions are heading into their bye week, which is nice. I think this team had a perfectly placed bye week so that you know we can recalibrate this offense, get things back to the way they were last year. With the addition of before the trade line, trade deadline, we did send away a sixth round draft pick for Donovan Peoples-Jones Jr. Um, for from the Cleveland Browns wide receiver wearing number eleven. Probably going to be wearing something different for show sure because Kalief Raymond is that number eleven for us. But uh, it's a good addition, good depth guy, instantaneously. Um, probably going to be wide receiver two or three, um, potentially two. I would imagine so because Amon-Ra on the slot, Jamison at one or two, and then Diamond People Jones can be out there with Josh Reynolds and company. But uh, you know, heading into this bye week, there's been a lot to reflect on. We were humbled by the Ravens. We beat the Chiefs week one, lost in OT versus Seattle we've beaten good teams you know we went to tampa beat tampa that, that, that decent defense above average defense we've played good opponents <clears throat> we haven't had a cakewalk entirely um and it's just going to show especially down the line we do have some games and i will go into the remaining schedule as well towards the end of the episode kind of giving potentially a guess on my uh, on the final record of the detroit lions in 2023 But I guess overall, we can get into some team stats here. Total points per game, the Detroit Lions are averaging 25. Opponents are averaging 20 against them. Total points, 200. Opponents, 165. Total touchdowns, 24. 19 on them. Total first downs, 176. 150 were given to opponents. Rushing first downs, 58. 36 were given to opponents. Passing first downs, 107. 94 were given to opponents first downs by penalty 11 20 were given to opponents third down efficiency 46 out of 113 29 out of 89 for the opponents third down percentage 40.71 32.58 for opponents fourth down efficiency 8 of 17 5 of 11 for opponents fourth down percentage 47.06 45.46 for opponents um, passing, completion, and attempts, 200 for 293, 172 of 281 for opponents, net passing yards over 2,000, over 1,700 for opponents, yards per pass attempt averaging 7.4, um, 6.9 is the average for opponents, net passing yards per game 260.3, 220 for opponents, passing touchdowns 12 and 11 for opponents. Interceptions, 5, 7 for opponents. Sack yards lost, 16 sacks for 100 yards lost so far. 21 for 176 for opponents. Rushing attempts, 244, 164 for opponents. Rushing yards, 1,051, 614 for opponents. Yards per rush attempt, 4.3, 3.7 for opponents. Rushing yards per game, 131.4, 76.8 for opponents rushing touchdowns, 11, and 6 for opponents. Um, Returns, kickoff total, 8 for 160. Um, Average kickoff return, 20. We need to definitely jolt that up. Interception total, 7 for 116 yards. Average interception yards, 16.6. Jack Fox, our punter, average net punting yards is 27 for 1,022. 1,229, excuse me, yards. Field goal, um, good attempts, 11 for 13. Touchback percentage, 58. Total yards, 46 for 458 on penalties. Average per game, 57 yards per penalty um, for penalties. Excuse me, time of possession, 33.54. We're winning time of possession nearly every game on average. Miscellaneous fumbles lost. We've lost... We've had nine fumbles and lost five. Turnover ratio is zero. And 64 for opponents. Hmm. Um, getting into some individual player stats though. Obviously Jared Goff, my guy. Uh, games played, eight, 200 completions up for 293. 68.3 completion percentage, 2174 passing yards, 7.4 average. yards, uh, average per game, a long of 45, 12 touchdowns, 5 picks, 15 sacks, um, sack yards lost, 92, and a passer rating of 96.4. Um, getting into the rushing stats, Jameer Gibbs, games played 6, 76 carries, 399 yards, 5.3 average, 27 long, um, Four 20 plus yard rushing plays, 2 touchdowns, 66.5 yards per game, 0 fumbles, 1st um, downs, 16, David Montgomery, 5 games played, 94 carries, 385 yards, 4.1 average, a long of 42, 1 20-plus-yard uh, rushing play, and 6 touchdowns, 77 yards a game, 2 fumbles, 1 lost, and 23 1st downs. Craig Reynolds, eight games played, forty-one carries, one hundred seventy-nine yards, four point four average, nineteen long, zero yards over twenty yards, uh, zero plays over twenty yards, one touchdown, twenty-two yards per game, one fumble, one lost fumble, um, and 11 first downs. And then the rushing for everyone else kind of drops off. Khalif Raymond has some rushes. Um, so does uh, Saint Brown. Jason Cabinda, um, Amon Ross St. Brown getting into receiving now. The the, the man of the hour. Amon Ross St. Brown, he's on pace for another really, really good season. Um, Seven games played, he didn't miss one. 57 receptions, 78 targets, 665 yards, 11.7 average. Uh, Three touchdowns, 44 long, nine plays over 20 yards, uh, 95 yards a game, one fumble, one loss. 242 yak um, and 33 first downs Sam Laporta, the tight end rookie who's been phenomenal Um, 8 games played 43 catches, 59 targets 434 yards 10.1 average, 4 touchdowns 45 uh, long, 4 plays over 20 uh, plus yards 54.3 average 187 yak and 22 first downs Josh Reynolds, 8 games played, 22 catches, 31 targets, 397 yards, 18 average, 3 touchdowns, 33 long, 14 big plays of 20 plus yards, 49.6 yards a game, 1 fumble, 1 loss, 107 yak, 20 first downs. Khalif Raymond, 8 games played, 18 catches, 23 targets, 231 yards, 12.8 average, 1 touchdown, 36 long. Four big plays of 20-plus yards, 28.9 a game, yak is 90 and 10 first downs. Jameer Gibbs, six catches, no, excuse me, six games played, 28 catches, 33 targets, 165 receiving yards, 5.9 average, 21 long, one big play of 20-plus yards, 27.5 average, 152 yak. Jameer Gibbs has been an all-out workhorse for us, so has Sam Laporta, he's been phenomenal. Um, Just a guy you can rely on for sure. Jamison Williams, only four games played, six catches, 15 targets, 71 yards, 11.8 average, one touchdown, 45 long, two big plays of 20 plus yards, 17.8 uh, yards a game, uh, nine yak yards and two first downs. He's having a rough, rough go at it, to tell you the truth. Um, getting in the defensive side of the ball. Our uh, leader there is Alex Anzalone with 57 tackles. Jerry Jacobs is leading the interceptions with three. Um, Alex Anzalone has 39 solo tackles, 18 assisted tackles, 57 total tackles, three sacks, um, 32 sack yards, five TFLs, four pass, def- uh, pass def- deflections or pass defended. Um, he's been really good at that. that middle linebacker position tracy walker eight games played 24 solo tackles 11 assisted tackles 35 total tackles one sack eight sack yards one tfl two pass deflections and one forced fumble i want to say this about tracy walker coming off of that injury he has been what he was in that first year of dan campbell's regime he is an all-out player he has high iq he's a very hard hitter very slept on safety and honestly besides brian branch and maybe jerry jacobs and kirby joseph i would put tracy walker up there probably the most vetted and potentially even at this point besides brian branch and maybe kirby joseph might be the best defensive back we have um jack campbell linebacker rookie who's been really good been upping his reps as of late eight games played 21 solo tackles 13 assisted tackles 34 total tackles, 1 sack, 5 sack yards, 2 TFLs, 1 pass deflection. Derek Barnes, a guy that's really stepped up to the plate as well um, and just been what we really wanted him to be. He's been a guy, hard-nosed player, always around the ball. I'd never see him like miss like run gap assignments. A little bit of a liability in coverage, but in my opinion, he's better in coverage than Anzalone in some aspects. But just shout-out to Derek Barnes. Um, Having a decent season so far for himself. Two TFLs, a sack, a forced fumble, 34 total tackles. Jerry Jacobs as well, seven games played, 34 total tackles, one sack, two TFLs, a forced fumble, and like I said, those three interceptions definitely help. Um, Getting into Kirby Joseph, six games played, 33 total tackles, 5 pass deflections, uh, 1 interception for 15 yards, and I'm trying to see what this stat is. Sorry about that. Long interception, only 1 because he only has 1 this year, so I guess that counts as 1. Anything above 15 yards, I assume? Um, Brian Branch, a rookie who's been stellar, in my opinion. Um, One of the steals of the draft. And uh, you guys can go back and listen to our mock draft and our top 100 player list episodes and stuff before the draft. I had him going number 10 overall to the Eagles, um, and I'm so glad the Lions were able to get him. He is a hard-nosed player, intelligent, capable in every aspect. He has all the intangibles that you want out of a very gritty kind of defensive back in a sense, slash maybe slot corner sometimes. like a, He's like a hybrid player if you will but he he really is versatile and he has shown what he can do this year uh, so far Uh, in six games he has 33 total tackles four tfls four pass deflections one interception for 50 yards and a touchdown on patrick fucking mahomes in his debut game wow was that a moment i will never forget cameron sutton in eight games he has 24 total tackles uh one tfl one pass deflection. So he's not doing bad, but he's not doing what we really wanted him to do. Um, But he is locking down at least some receivers. Aiden Hutchinson in eight games. He has 23 total tackles, 4.5 sacks, four TFLs, four pass deflections, one interception, um, one forced fumble, two fumble recoveries. He is a menace um, and just a guy that is Detroit. I, I think that we... Definitely should have picked him in that draft. I don't think there's a conversation there. Um, Obviously, there is, you know, we we do see Kayvon Thibodeau legitimately emerging now. Um, But I think when it comes to the fact that Aiden Hutchinson was a hometown kid, he kind of embodies Dan Campbell. I don't know. I, I would feel differently if I saw Aiden Hutchinson say, I feel like he'd be good anywhere else, but I feel like this was his perfect home in the league, and I think he's emerging to a a very good player. He's getting double-teamed and legitimately held every fucking play, but, man, he still makes an impact, so shout-out to Hutch. Will Harris in eight games. He has 17 total tackles, one TFL, two pass deflections, one interception, and one fumble recovery. He's been really good for us in moments we really needed him to be. A guy that was a liability two years ago, turning into a player that we can actually count on in moments. Shout out to Will Harris, a guy I doubted, and I will not do that anymore. Um, Aline McNeil, defensive tackle in eight games. He has 16 total tackles, four sacks, uh, five TFLs, one pass deflection, one forced fumble. This guy is a disruptor, a very underrated player in the league, and the Lions need to bring him back. Another guy that's underrated and not talked about by any means is John Kaminsky, defensive end. In eight games, fourteen total tackles, one sack. Um, nah, no, yeah, yep, one sack. Excuse me, nine sack yards, one TFL. Um, it doesn't scream on the paper. It, it really doesn't. But he's not in all the time. He's like a special package guy. I really enjoy his game. I think he's a really good ball player for us. He did take a pay cut for that contract, and I think it. Just goes to show you what his character is. He wants to play for this team. Hopefully, C.J. Gardner-Johnson will be back, or should I say, C.D. Deuce uh, around December. But we'll see. That's where we're hearing, James. That's what we're hearing. James Houston is going to be coming back. Charles Harris, defensive end, in seven games, he has ten total tackles, a uh, couple TFLs, 1.5 sacks. He has two pass deflections, and not having a bad year. Uh, Josh Pascal, when he's healthy, he is very good. Isaiah Bugs, when he's healthy, he's very good as well. Mal- Malcolm Rodriguez has not been getting the field as much, man, because Jack Campbell is stealing the show, as well as Derek Barnes and Alex Anzalone are typically the starting two linebackers as of late. But now it's going to be Anzalone and Jack Campbell. So Malcolm Malcolm Rodriguez will be dropping off on those uh, those reps, but you know it, he is a very good player. Another guy that's really shown out um, is Julian Aquora, as well as Romeo Aquora both those guys whenever they're in they ball out and just show that they have the nerve and they have that intensity to perform and genuinely make those big plays at certain points. Julian Aquara has 2 TFLs and um he does have a pass deflection as well this year. He's been really good. He made a couple of really good plays against the uh the Raiders. Um Chase Lucas is another guy who's played a lot and He's been very solid, not missing assignments, doing the correct things on the field for that defense. Um, Craig Reynolds, as well as him, he's been having a really good uh, year. Jason Cabinda. Oh, these are... It shows defensive stats for the offensive players when they had to technically go to defense um, for, like, interceptions and stuff and turnovers. But going into the uh, scoring for some kickers... um, Riley Patterson has been phenomenal in eight games eleven field goals made um eleven uh, thirteen field goal attempts eighty four point six field goal percentage along of fifty two um he is one of two from twenty through twenty nine yard um he is eight of eight from thirty through thirty nine yards out and he is one of one forty through forty nine yards out and he's one of two from fifty plus twenty three extra points made 23 extra point attempts, 100% on extra points, which is really good. Punting-wise, Jack Fox is a dog. 27 punts, 1,200 yards, 62 long, 45.5 average, 42.4 net. Um, In the 20, 13 times, touchbacks once, um, fair catches 11. Nine 9 punt returns punt return yards only 64 and an average of 7.1 so he is a very good punter he pins it deep for sure now I guess we can go and get into our schedule Um, like I said the Lions are heading into the bye week for week 9 after that win over the Vegas Raiders we have the Chargers coming up on uh, November 12th prime time 4.05pm on CBS um, in LA So this is a game that will be a little bit of a tough one. Don't get me wrong, Justin Herbert is a very good quarterback. Their defense shows up when it wants to, for sure. A little bit of inconsistency due to bad coaching by Brandon Staley. But they do have Austin Eckler. They do have really good receivers. And they got a rocket-on quarterback in Justin Herbert. So this will be a test to our defense more than anything. We need to slow this offense down and make Brandon Staley look like Brandon Staley out there. How we're going to do that, I don't know, but it's going to come down to pressure, creating pressure with Aiden Hutchinson, with the Oquara brothers, with John Kaminsky, with Ali McNeil, Isaiah Bugs, and Josh Pascal, who I hope will continue to get more and more into that starting <coughs> that starting role. Excuse me, because uh, he was that second overall pick out of Penn State, and he does have all the attributes to be that edge rusher adjacent to Aiden Hutchinson, while Aleem McNeil can create pressure from the inside with Isaiah Bugs, and then maybe Kaminsky's that third down package where you have five guys like that going at the quarterback. I don't know too many O-lines that can stop that. Maybe the Eagles, maybe the 49ers, when they're at 100%, same with the Cowboys, but the Chargers, they should not be able to. That should force Justin Herbert either into some errant throws or bad coaching decisions by Brandon Staley. I do believe the Lions are better than the Chargers. I think we'll win this game Um, because L.A. doesn't really have a fan base by any means, no matter what team you are. If you're not the Lakers, you don't really have a loyal fan base that's going to show up week in and week out. Um, But yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. Like I said, we go to the Chargers for Week 10. We are at home against the Bears in Week 11. So I think we beat the Chargers in L.A. I think we beat the Bears in Ford Field, no doubt. And then a Thursday night game, November 23rd, against, no, excuse me, that's actually, that's ho- uh, not Halloween, that's Thanksgiving, so the Thanksgiving game against the Packers at 12.30pm, that's going to be exciting, we're going to beat the Packers, we're at home, the Ford Field is going to be electric. Um, and then December 3rd, we travel to New Orleans, take on the Saints. That will not be an easy matchup by any means. They have a decent defense and an offense that is oddly on a roller coaster ride of either very high scoring or just stuttering, Um, and then we go to Chicago and take the Bears on again for the second time in four weeks, so that could be a trap game for sure. Um, Definitely got to keep my eyes out on that, but and then for Week 15, we go play Denver in Ford Field. And then to close out the season, uh, we go Minnesota at Minnesota in Week 16. Then we go do at Dallas Week 17. And then Week 18, we play Minnesota at Ford Field. And they're determining that that time. It might be a primetime game. As well as Week 15 against the Broncos, They're determ- they are determining that time as well. So that could be flexed into a primetime slot, but I look at these games and realistically, we could lose against the Chargers. We could. There's a chance of that. But realistically, I think we win that. We win the first matchup against Chicago. We sweep Green Bay. On you know, we we finish them off pretty much. Uh, we beat. Uh, I'm gonna say we lose to New Orleans in New Orleans we go to Chicago we sweep the Bears we come back to Ford and just annihilate Denver go to Minnesota uh, depending on how they're looking yeah no we're going to sweep Minnesota this year they don't have Kirk Cousins I don't know what they're going to do we win in Minnesota Dallas uh, that's a question mark so I think out of the remaining eight games we should at least win five or six of them and that'll be the Lions' best season since when? The fucking 90s? I mean, man, they've been very bad for a very long time. And that's why this is such a crucial season for the Detroit Lions fan base, but as well as just the organization. They are trying to put this together because they know this will be historic if they can actually pull it off. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win that big game, they're going to make it to the promised land, but if they could win a wild card game, if they could maybe even go win the divisional, my God! You know what Ford Field? You know what Detroit would be doing? Oh, they they would be they would never they wouldn't even know what to do. They've never had success ever as a fan base. If they were able to do something like that, and that's why this team means so much to me, man, because two years ago they were 3 and one, then they started out one and six last year, then they go eight and nine, and now look at them, six and two. They beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead in week one. The opener. I mean, and now they're, you know, they have their checks and balances here and there. The Ravens checked them. For sure. Seattle, that was a wild shootout game. That could have gone either way. It really could have. I think I think that actually is a huge signifier to maybe even the Lions and Seattle being on that kind of same level. And honestly, if that's a matchup in the playoffs, uh, I'll, I'd pay pay-per-view. That's going to be a good fucking game. Um... But definitely something to look forward to. But I will say this. We need to have a looser offense. Jameson Williams needs to, it, he needs to click with golf. It needs to start clicking now. Ben Johnson needs to not do those pretty little end around jet sweep runs like he was against the Raiders. They were stuffing it all day. I genuinely believe we need to go back to that play action, rely on the run. We're not getting the same efficiency out of our running backs as we did last year because Jamal Williams had that one-of-one type season. But I do like what I'm seeing out of Jameer Gibbs. I think he's going to have the upside to be better than any running back the Lions have had in the past couple of years um, and hopefully continue to be consistent. But get the run game going. Get Jameer going. Get David Montgomery back. And I think things will start going back the way they were regarding the point scoring Jared Goff being able to spread the ball around more. Utilize the play-action pass more. Um, maybe not do as much empty sets. You know, Maybe start doing some stuff out of the backfield because that safety valve is crucial for a pocket QB. Um, I, I just think there's more ways we can unlock this offense. I really do. I think the defense is playing very well. Um, one of the better rushing defenses in the league, allowing only... 76.8 yards per game. That is a very good average in this league. I mean, you see what the Chiefs do, can do. You see what the Eagles can do on the ground. You see what a lot of these other teams, like the Ravens, can do on the ground with very electric players. Buffalo, Miami. So many teams are running the ball effectively down teams' throats. If you have a defense that can stop the run, that is always a great sign. Um, I'm I'm more interested in seeing if. This bye week can provide us a beneficiary, like beneficiary advantage, um, regarding getting our offense back intact. A week, two weeks, essentially of training for Jamison and Jared to get on the same page. We need to start using Jamison Williams more. He has that God-given speed, and we need to show it on the field. Start, start getting some like triple sets on the left side, and have Jamison just run a fucking drag route every fucking play. He's burning someone every play. Like, he has that speed. Like, everyone's already said, if you cannot run a 4-2 flat, you need to back the fuck off the guy. It's like, bro, start, like let's, start, let's do some screens. Let's get him like out in open space. Let's start utilizing that speed because we've not seen consistency out of him yet. And when he touches the ball, electrifying things happen. No one can say it otherwise, but we need to see that consistency and that rapport start to form between Jared Goff and uh, Jameson Williams. Because it has not yet. And I would like to see it elevate to a different level because that might be the final key, that final, final piece of the puzzle, if you will, to unlocking this offense. That that over-the-top threat, which the Lions have not had in a long time. So just something to keep in mind, especially if you're a Detroit Lions fan. If you are a Detroit Lions fan out there, thank you so much for tuning in to my Detroit Lions uh, bi-week coverage. A lot of stuff uh, to process. And, uh, you know, obviously the... Week nine is coming up, but the Lions don't play. So if you're a Lions fan, this week doesn't really mean much to you. But if you're a fan of the game like I am, you know you're still going to watch these games and keep your eye out. See who's really popping off because of the Giants um, win. You never know; they could be back in it. There's so many because when you look at the NFC, there's two spots that are, there's two shit teams that will get in. The winner of the NFC South. And maybe, may, maybe the number two in that division, but I don't think so. I have a high. I'm raising my eyebrow that there's a lot of teams that could kind of just sneak in. There could, could, maybe the Falcons, maybe the Saints, maybe even the Bucks. You know, one of those type of echelon teams could get in. A team like the Rams could get in, like that caliber team. You know what I'm saying? So, there's no reason that the Lions should go into this schedule and not come out of this bye week ready to go. The Chargers are a very tough opponent, but a decent chunk of the rest of their remaining schedule are against really bad teams like the Packers, the Bears, the Broncos. Like, we need to win those games handedly so that we could secure seating because we have to go up and Maybe even potentially play like the Cowboys or something. Because you got to think about it. It's going to be the Eagles, the Niners, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Bills. That's five. The Lions, that's six. And then the drop-off is there. Who else? Who else can you think of? <laughs> the Bucks? No. The Falcons? No. The Saints? Maybe. Maybe. But one of those things where, like, The NFC is going to be very tight this year. It's going to be very competitive. It's going to be all over. And it's something Lions fans we have to start looking at because if we are actually aiming for the playoffs, once you get there, you want to go and win it all. Absolutely. Just, you know, looking at that path ahead is always important. But going week by week, especially, you know, if you're a part of the team and playing out there, that's how you have to think about it. But uh, I think the Lions are going at this the right way. Their culture, the patience from Sheila Ford is paying off. Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes are really showing that they know what the fuck they're doing with football. They know the game, they know the team, and they're coaching and GMing very well. Uh would have seen would have liked to see a bigger splash before the trade deadline, but I really do appreciate that Donovan peoples Jones uh pickup. I think that's a good good pickup. We need wide receivers. We we really do. We really do. Because after Amon Ra and uh Jameson Williams and Khaliv Raymond and Josh Reynolds, we don't really have much after that, and we need more variety and more depth at that position. I think it's a smart move. But uh, I guess that'll pretty much wrap up this uh, Detroit Lions bye week coverage episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into this episode. This is Trevor with Tea Time Reports, bringing you that Detroit Lions football coverage. And I hope you guys really appreciated and enjoyed this episode. Make sure you're following the show on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Maybe download the episode, give it a like. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Stay safe.